I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. I'm Sandy and I am trying so very hard to be a quilter again. I have not been quilting a whole lot since 2018 when I posted my last episode. I did actually check when that last one got posted. Clearly I hadn't even been quilting much at that point since 2015, which is when I started my doctoral work. If you have been listening to, I shouldn't even say have been, if you used to listen to my podcast back in the day, um, you know I started a Doctor of Ministry program in 2015, and that kind of kicked my tuchus for a few years, um, and so I just, I wasn't quilting much then, and I haven't actually quilted a whole lot since, uh, so I'm a little bit rusty, and don't let anyone tell you anything different. Quilting is not just like riding a bike. Um, I can feel that rust just grinding every time I sit down at my machine, um, stand at my cutting table, even look at quilt patterns. It takes me a minute to kind of click back into gear about what I'm actually looking at um, and how I could translate it to actually doing something about it. Um, however, here's the thing. When I was podcasting, I was quilting. Now, you could say, well, I was quilting, I was podcasting, but I think a lot of it had to do with podcasting. I really had to have something to talk about that was more interesting, you know, than just me. So I had to keep quilting. And when I stopped podcasting, I stopped quilting. <laughs> and I think those two things are related. So I am going to um, see if starting to podcast again actually gets me quilting again. That's my working theory. Uh, so today's episode, I will start with a brief, brief recap of my life since my last podcast episode. Again, that was back in February of 2021. And I believe I had two that year, and it had been like three years before that or, or whatever, so it's it's been sketchy. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about my current quilty life, and then I'm going to set some goals for myself and announce them here so that I have something I have to report back on, and y'all can hold me accountable. That's my thought anyway. We'll see if this all works. So the recap on my life, I'm going to try to do this relatively quickly because I want to start talking about quilting. That's far more interesting to me. Uh, but just to let you know why I haven't been quilting, I did indeed get my Doctor of Ministry degree in May of 2018 and almost immediately started interviewing for a new ministry position. I did indeed get that new ministry position in September 2018, and I started it in November of that same year. Um, it really kicked my butt. There was so there is so very little congruence between my old work and my new work. Um, I had to rework my entire organizational system. I had to really reconfigure my approach to my days and to myself and to my health, everything. Um, there is almost no predictability in my current role. 
then there, you know, my, uh, my former role was really all about deadlines, projects, things I could kind of blast into the future and create my task lists. This job is very responsive. Um, in short, I hold a role that is um, often called pastor to the pastors. I'm a middle judicatory position now. I'm a region executive, and I support and encourage um, 51 churches spread over 10 states. Uh, so my whole job is extremely outward focused. Um, I really need to be, in my view, I need to spend as little time in an office behind a computer as possible. I really need to spend it out with people, meeting people, with congregations, and so forth. Now, those of you who are returnees from my former podcast, remember, I'm a what? I'm an introvert. And so all of that just, I love my job. I Let me just preface this all by saying, I love my job. Um, I haven't felt so fulfilled and satisfied in years. I feel like I'm really using all of the gifts that I've been given. Um, and I just, I love the people I work with, everything. Love my job. However, it really wipes me out. <laughs> so my first year and a half, probably, I would get home from my office. That was the other change is I had worked from home for 17 years and now I had an actual region office, although I was rarely in it because I was usually out meeting people, coffee shops, church offices, and traveling and so forth. Um, when I got home at the end of the workday and hit my couch, I was asleep. I mean, literally, I would come home and immediately fall asleep. So um, all of that means to say for about a year and a half, I didn't touch my sewing machine because I couldn't trust myself around sharp objects. Uh, and then, of course, we all know what happened then. COVID hit. Although I was then back to working from home again, um, and one would say, gee, you're not traveling. Doesn't that mean you have more time and everything? We all know what happened to all of us emotionally during that time. Um, the phrase languishing became common in certain religious circles, parlance. Um, there's actually a book entitled something about languishing. Uh, and Zoom fatigue, because instead of all of those in-person meetings I'd been having, they were now all by Zoom. And it is very true that a meeting on Zoom is much more tiring than a meeting in person because your focus is totally different. Uh, so again, although my schedule changed, I was just, just as exhausted. Now we have been extremely fortunate that um, although we have had members of our family get COVID, strangely enough, after we were all already vaccinated, um, we did not lose anybody close to us. Uh, with COVID. And so my heart breaks and my prayers are with all of you who did. Um, we were fortunate in that we did not. Um, so now that we're in this sort of on again, off again, are, am I able to travel? Am I not able to travel? I've done a couple of trips, but then a couple of other have gotten canceled. It's, it's back to being really unpredictable again um, and difficult to really plan on the flip side, I am now far enough into my job. I've actually now had this job over three years. I'm feeling much more comfortable in it and much more able to determine my own travel schedule. So even when I am back to traveling full time, I think there'll be a little bit about, you know, being kind of shot out of the gate <laughs> and wanting to do a whole lot to make up for what I haven't been able to do. But I'm much 
more conscious of keeping it controlled. So I'm not predicting at this point anyway that it will ever be quite as bad as it was my first year. Um, there's going to be times, but for the most part, I'm really hoping I'm smarter <laughs> this time around than I was. Um, so that's my work life. Uh, personally, physically, when I last podcasted, I had just had the second of two foot surgeries, uh, both on the same foot. It didn't take the first time, so I had to have the same surgery again. Uh, it did take a while because it was two surgeries, so the recovery period was longer than I think it would have been normally. Um, but I did finally get better than that, uh, from that. And then last May, um, after a period of inactivity with the pandemic, I started working out again. We bought a treadmill, had it in the basement, and I was doing some other kinds of exercises. Did all sorts of exercises for several months that didn't bother me at all. Did three weeks on the treadmill, blew my knee. Uh, so I ended up having knee surgery last May. Uh, it was arthroscopic, arthroscopic surgery. It turned out to be two meniscus tears, one on either side of the knee, and one was described as quite large. Now, that one is taking four freaking ever to recover. I'm now seven months past it. I'm doing much better than I was, but it's still tweaked. It still gets real stiff, um, still have problems on stairs. So that's been a frustration, but, you know, we're getting there. So right now I'm really working on trying to get myself back into at least pre-pandemic shape. Um, truth be told, I wasn't in great shape before the pandemic, uh, so I'm I'm really, you know, I'm trying to be good and taking it slow so I don't blow out the other knee. <laughs> we'll just, we're working on that. Um, I do want to make a note here. I found a fantastic person on YouTube with yoga. Um, the, I can't remember her first name, but the the channel is the, um, the Yoga Room out of Texas. And the reason I love her so much, first of all, she's just this wonderful soul. Uh, but she does a lot of yoga for various physical issues. Um, and she has a whole line of yoga for bigger bodies, which is very helpful for those of us with bigger bodies. So um, if you are somebody who is looking at trying out yoga for the first time, if you've been um, uncomfortable doing yoga because you've had some physical limitations or whatever, I would strongly suggest you check her out again. That's the yoga room and she's in Texas. Um, I will try to remember to put a link to her in my show notes. Pretty rusty on that stuff, too, so I'll have to remind myself how I do that. Um, a sad item of news to share. Those of you who were constant listeners to my podcast will remember uh, stories about Princess Doggy. Um, our older dog named Spencer, uh, she was a one of a litter of puppies that were from a rescue, uh, and we never quite knew what her genetics were. Um, she passed away last spring. She was 16 and a half years old. Um, so she had certainly earned her rest. It was, of course, heartbreaking for all of us, but her last, particularly her last six months, um, were kind of rough on her and rough on all of us. And so it, it just became clear that it was time. Um, on the good news side, my bubby Augie is still with me. He is um, as attached to me as ever. He is definitely a mama's boy. He will be turning five in um, April. I think his birthday is in April. 
And so after Princess, uh, Princess Doggy left us, it was clear that Augie needed a friend. And so we got him a little sister, another golden retriever puppy, and her name is Sophie. Um, she has a number of nicknames at the moment, uh, most notably Sophie Fierce, um, Sophie Spice. Uh, those are the two big ones. My husband calls her Sweet Pea, but I don't see much of a Sweet Pea in her eye. <laughs> I still think of her as Sophie Fierce and Sophie Spice. Uh, she is a pistol. And she's now going through her teenage phase of testing all her boundaries. Um, but we've also been noticing that Augie has lost some weight since Sophie's around. She keeps him busy. <laughs> so the two of them get along really well, of course. And um, Augie is very good about when he gets tired of her, he basically either just walks away or sometimes if they're wrestling and he gets tired, he'll just sit on her <laughs> and make it stop. So they're, they're doing pretty well. Um and the other update is that um, although I had been an empty nester for some period of time, we now have a fuller nest than ever because both kids are back living at home. My son moved home right before the pandemic when he was between apartments. And then, of course, with the pandemic, it just made sense for him to just stay here. He is hoping to be back out again shortly after the holidays. Um, so we'll just have to see. Apartment rents just skyrocketed. And so it's been hard for him to find a place he can afford, even though he's working full time with a decent job. But it's just uh, housing around here has gotten ridiculous. Uh, my daughter moved home, on the other hand, last May because she started seminary this fall. She is now going to my alma mater, um, where I got my MDiv. And she is living at home for the duration, which is three years if she does it in timely fashion and then she brought her two cats home with her so we now have all four of us adults two dogs and two cats living in this house um fortunately we have a decent size house and yet there are still times i go into my sewing my sewing room home office slash and close the door just to be alone so that's my personal life update let's talk about the far more interesting stuff quilting um if you have read my blog, you'll know that at the uh, very early on in the pandemic, I bought myself a pandemic gift, and that was I finally got myself an AccuQuilt die cutter. I had been looking at it for years, and I finally thought, you know, as we're all shut down, I thought, well, now I'll get lots of quilting done, so let me buy the AccuQuilt. And I've had a grand time playing with it, and of course, I've amassed quite a collection of dies for it. I did buy the quilt mask dies and I made some of those, but I very quickly decided I hated making face masks. So after I made enough for the rest of the family, I bought my own. <laughs> I was like, I am done with this. Um, so I'm donating the face mask dies to my guild because we have an AccuQuilt with the guild uh, as well. And then I just bought a bunch of, you know, the different strip sizes, some of the different basic square sizes, and then a few different blocks and a couple of different um, applique type dies. So I really do need to start quilting. <laughs> I need to put all this stuff to use. Um, but I am so glad I bought it. I just, I really do love it. Uh, it does make sewing things together much easier because you can see exactly where the dog ears, the ends of the triangles and everything. So it's so much easier to um, be accurate. Although, <laughs> <laughs> what's the theme of this blog or of this podcast? I managed to mess up. Anyway, um, I do put some AccuQuilt blocks together where the points don't exactly 
match. I'm not entirely sure how I managed to do that, yet I do. So rest assured, um, if you get frustrated with yourself, oh, I'm out there too. And you can always say, well, you know, Sandy doesn't get this right either, so it's okay. Um, anyway, uh, I do love the AccuQuilt. The die I used the most recently was I did buy the Storm at Sea die, and I love the Storm at Sea block. I always have, and um, using the block, the die block made it a lot more straightforward in terms of the cutting. Um, now let me talk about the Storm at Sea quilt for a minute. I do have a little bit of it on the blog when I first started it, and that was like a year and a half ago, and I am not a whole lot further <laughs> along on it. It sat for a very long time. Um, I have now thoroughly missed the wedding it was intended for, um, and my new deadline is to hopefully, if I can really light a fire under myself in the next couple of weeks, I really want to get it done because I think I might be on the West Coast and the niece that it's for lives on the West Coast. I think I might be there out, out there in March for business. And so if that's the case, then I would love to be able to actually have this with me and give it to her in person. So that's my new deadline. Um, in my blog, I posted about the cutting and I sounded so very hopeful <laughs> and so very sure, I think, in that post that I was going to get it all right. And of course, I don't think I have. Um, now that I've started sewing it, it's pretty clear that I have one unit, uh, one set of units that I, I cut way too few of. Either that or I cut way too many of everything else <laughs> remains to be seen. Um, what I really should do is sit and count those pieces, and I just haven't done that yet. But I know I need 120 blocks. I know the goal. So what I've decided to do is just start sewing. <laughs> kind of like Dory. Just start sewing or just keep sewing. And we'll see where I get when I run out of the pieces that, I, you know, that I'm working with now and how many blocks I've got and how close I am. Because if I'm even anything close to 120 and can manage to make a decent size quilt out of it, I'll just bag the rest because, you know, I, I only have so much patience and I'm already well beyond it at this point. Um, the other thing is when I started sewing this, I went to a sew day uh, about a couple weeks ago now, I think it was. I went to a sew day with, uh, it wasn't my guild's sew day, it was another guild's sew day, but we have some... Um, crossover folks, you know, that go to both guilds. And my, one of my two BFF BQFs, uh, Lori, was going to be at the sew day. And so I decided to go mostly so I could spend time with Lori because I haven't seen her since the pandemic started. Um, and so we had our tables right up against each other. And the, the two of us had a great time, except I got my, uh, I have my retreat sewing machine. It's my former sewing machine before I inherited my mother's. And it's the one I was taking on retreats, and I got it out, and I put it together. Couldn't get it to work. Couldn't get it to work. And for, fortunately, a woman there had a spare sewing. Well, they actually have like four sparing spare sewing machines in the cupboards at this church, and so I ended up sewing on hers. Very nice machine. It was a Husqvarna um, Viking, but I've never sewn on a Husqvarna before, so there was a lot of little things I had to kind of keep remembering and and get used to. Um, that being said, I was, you know, thrilled to have anything to sew on. And at first I was kicking myself because I kept feeling like, surely this is just because I've forgotten how to use a machine. You know, 
it's been four or five years probably since I pulled that puppy out, maybe a little bit less than that, but it's been a while since I'd used that machine. And I kept thinking, maybe I've just forgotten it. Maybe I have the wrong parts, but you know, I kept saying to myself, wait a minute, I only use this at retreats. It worked the last time I used it. It hasn't been, I haven't moved anything. I haven't taken it out. There's no reason why I should suddenly be forgetting how to do something that would cause it to have this problem. And I finally, you know, every now and then I'd go back and look at it again when I needed a break from my sewing and I'd kind of putz around with it. And I finally realized the presser foot was not dropping all the way down to have any sort of traction when the fabric was under it. It was hovering probably an eighth of an inch too high. And so, and another person came over who's been sewing much more regularly than I have recently. And she came over and looked at it and she also said, no, wait a minute, this is not right. And she flipped around a bunch of this, all the same levers I had and we couldn't get it to work. So I went straight from the sew day over to a sewing machine repair shop all the way across town. It was about a 40 minute drive. Um, and dropped off my sheet, my machine, and she took one look at it and said, oh yeah, your presser foot's not coming. <laughs> I was like, can I tell you how good it makes me feel that you actually found something wrong with the machine? You know, it was like, this wasn't just me. Uh, so I left it there to get it repaired, and strangely enough, they had it done in two days. I thought it was going to take a while, but she told me, the repair woman um, told me that they had actually just finished their busy season because of everybody trying to get their machines repaired or tuned up before they did all their holiday sewing. So here's a tip, folks. If you need to get a machine repaired, wait until two weeks before Christmas because everybody else is hoping to have theirs done by then. Um, I haven't tried it yet, though, so I still need to take it for a test drive. Uh, that being said, I am planning on trying to do so days on a regular basis now if I can get because they're almost always a Friday and Saturday even if I only get part of the day on Saturday um the the idea that I would know I was going somewhere and getting something done I think will be hugely helpful um as long as I'm in town you know if I don't have some reason not to be there I should be there uh, so anyway, back to the sew day, I was starting to sew all of these many hundreds of pieces that I have to sew on the storm at sea. And, and Lori looks over and says, are you going to press those seams open, aren't you? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I started pressing the seams open and about halfway through the day, I was like, bag it. I can't do these open anymore. It just takes too stinking long. Now, I know I'm probably going to hate myself for that at some point down the road because there are a lot of seams in this quilt. Um, but very few of them actually really cross each other. So I'm, I'm hoping it's not a big deal. Please tell me it won't be a big deal because I don't want to take that long. <laughs> if I have to sit there and press everything open, and I'm, I'm finger pressing, folks. I'm not even walking back and forth to iron. I'm sitting there and pressing. A, I have a couple of different wooden seam presser things, you know, that I've gotten in various uh, sew sampler boxes and whatever. Like them a lot. Um, they work beautifully, but it just takes so long. So it's it's just so much faster to just flip them to one side and press that way. I'm probably going to hate myself. You are probably going to hear me on a future episode saying, what was I thinking? But right now I'm just thinking I just need to get through that sucker. So um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. I hate doing this kind of sewing. And so I'm just going to get it done. Um, you know, it's, 
I keep telling myself, just spend 15 minutes a day, you know, do, do the little chunks of it, do it in between other things or whatever. I can't actually do it between anything else because it is sitting all over my sewing table, stacked neatly. In fact, I'm keeping my doors closed just to make sure I don't end up with cat shenanigans going on in these piles. Um, there's no more room for me to sew anything else right there, right now. So I really just have to get this done. And um, I can't really watch anything that I have to pay attention to while I'm doing this because I really have to be paying attention to making sure all of these seams are even. Even though it's die cut, there's still a certain amount of accuracy <laughs> required. Uh, so I, I have to take my time. I am listening to an audiobook. I started it. I just had a road trip um, last week. And so I started it on the road trip, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. It's the book that the movie was based on. I never saw the movie, um, never read the book, never really had any interest. But then there were just some great reviews of this uh, book. And so I decided I would give it a shot. Um, I'm a member of Audible, and I always end up banking up all sorts of credits, so I have to get rid of them once in a while. So I ended up getting it, and it's actually really thoroughly enjoyable. Um, it's one of the few audiobooks I've been able to listen to for hours on end in the car without getting sleepy, and that's saying something. Um, it's read by Will Wheaton, who was a character as a boy on Lost in Space. Um, and there's a little bit of irony in that because he is actually mentioned a couple of times in the book itself. I'm sure that's probably why they got him to read it. But it's very enjoyable for any of you who are into sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff or young adult stuff. Um, whether or not you've seen the movie, in fact, if you've seen the movie but haven't read the book, I'd recommend reading the book. There's part of me, when I first started, I thought, well, I'd read the movie, or if read the movie, I'd see the movie. Now I'm thinking, I really have no interest in seeing the movie. I don't want to see how they destroy it. I'm enjoying the book too much. Anyway, that might get me through an hour or so. I've only got about an hour and a half left <laughs> of sewing that storm at sea. Um, so that's my current real quilting project. I have reserved some days on a long arm at one of our local quilt shops. You can reserve time on their long arms uh, to start knocking out some UFO quilt tops I have. I have several tops that I had finished before I kind of stopped quilting altogether. And I don't need to do anything particularly fancy on them, but I really don't like doing large quilts on my um, home machine. In fact, anything much more than a wall hanging size gets really annoying. Uh, but I do plan on doing those, so I haven't decided yet exactly which one I'm going to do. I have two different days reserved so far. Um, one of those, the future, the further future one, I'm really hoping I'll have the Storm at Sea done in time for that one. We'll see. Um, but other than that, because I'm just trying to get myself back into the mojo of things, I'm really just looking at fast, easy projects, she says, with looking at those piles of Storm at Sea block pieces sitting by her sewing machine. Not fast, not easy. Uh, but then I turn my eyes a bit to the right and I see a stack of jelly rolls sitting on my uh, cutting table. I've actually, I had done kind of a good job getting rid of some jelly rolls and some strips on a couple of jelly roll races and such that I had done before I kind of stopped quilting in a little bit that I was doing a little bit during um, my quilting. What do I call it? Slowdown? What do you call it when you don't really stop? You just start going at a snail's pace. 
my quilting snail time. Uh, but anyway, I have, I'd gotten rid of some, so I decided as a way to inspire myself again, I would subscribe to the uh, Jelly Roll Club through Fat Quarter Shop. And so I'm getting new jelly rolls every month. At some point, I'm going to have to turn it off again because <laughs> I am building them up. I think I've got five or six sitting there right now. Um, not all of those came from one of those I've had. The other ones are all new. So I've been uh, looking at my jelly roll books again and some scrap books again and just have some ideas there of what I want to do. And I'm thinking actually what I might do is make that sort of my sew day when I go to my quilt guild sew days. Maybe those could be my projects. I could challenge myself to knock out one fat quarter every sew day. Um, could be fun, even if I'm just doing a jelly roll race. You know, I don't love jelly roll race quilts, um, but other people do. You know, when, when non-quilters look at what you've done, they always think it's pretty. <laughs> even though you're sitting there going, do you know what I just did? I sat for an hour and a half sewing straight seams over and over and over again and then sliced it up the side so it would sit evenly. That's all it is. Um, I did one of my Jelly Roll race. I did a little bit of a variation on it. I cut a bunch of two and a half squares, so it's got squares kind of dancing through it. Um, you know, that helped to make it a little bit more interesting. I've looked at some other ways to make it more interesting. We'll see. Um, but I do have several Jelly Roll books that just have some very cute patterns in them. And if worse comes to worse, I throw them on my AccuQuilt, dice them all up into two and a half inch squares. Um, and then I do a bunch of nine patch or, you know, four patch quilts, whatever. Lots of stuff you can do with two and a half inch squares. Um, let's see. I think that's about all the quilting stuff I feel like talking about right now. I feel like talking about. So here's my plans. And you can hold it to hold me to this. This week is, uh, for those of us who celebrate Christmas, it is Christmas week. Christmas is this coming weekend. I am working the first couple of days in the week and then sort of not working <laughs> the rest of the week. I don't want to say I'm completely taking vacation time because I am still checking in. There's a few things I still need to kind of get done, but I won't be, you know, full time sitting at my computer or in meetings or anything. Nobody's having meetings this week because everybody in churches is too busy. Um, and then the week after, between Christmas and New Year's, I am taking vacation time, although I'll still have to keep on touch, keep on top of a few things, but not much. So during these two weeks, I do hope to get a lot of sewing done. We are not hosting Christmas dinner at our house. It's at one of my family members' house, so I don't have a whole lot of prep. And we're not really doing a lot of gifts for each other because my kids at this point just need money, which I hate. So I've got little things for them, but honestly, they're both living in my house. Anything I give them is going to sit in my basement. So <laughs> it's just not, that's not happening this year. It's going to be a quiet Christmas. We're going to play games and such and then go to my brother-in-law's and sister-in-law's house for Christmas dinner. So I won't even have much cleanup to do the next day. So it should be a fairly relaxed couple of weeks. Um, so my goal is to make progress on my Storm at Sea quilt, hopefully significant progress. Um, I need to get organized for the first long arm day, not the least of which deciding what I'm actually going to put on that long arm. Um, I do have a jelly roll race quilt uh, that I need to clean up the sides and find backing for it and such and get that ready for quilting. I'll probably just do that on my home machine. And then 
maybe if I need a mental break from the Storm at Sea sewing, I might start on another Jelly World quilt. We'll see. Uh, so that's kind of my goals. Hold me to it. Um, now, we've actually come to the end of this episode. I don't have any comments to respond to. Isn't that funny? So, so you can all leave me some comments so I can respond to them on future episodes because I am determined there will be future episodes. Push me on my sewing. I give you permission to nag me. I do because I need it. Um, you can leave comments on this podcast episode on my blog at quiltingfortherestofus.com. Find the podcast page. There's a tab, uh, there's a menu item across the top that says podcast, or on my Facebook page um, at Quilting for the Rest of Us on Facebook. I am Sandy Quilts on Instagram, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z, or you can email me at Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z at gmail.com. And so until next time, wait for it, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 